and praise, church. No matter what tomorrow brings, you know what? I may not know what tomorrow may hold, but I like this statement. I know who holds my tomorrow. Amen. Just this, uh, just this weekend, Brother Denver's son, Scotty, 41 years old, passed away in his sleep. Dustin called me and said, I need a big favor, Brother Scott. And I said, what is that? And he said, preachers in Ohio doing that youth rally. He said, I, I need you to go over and be with Brother Denver. His son's passed away. And went over there, and I'll be honest with you, I was chicken. I called Jonathan Beatty and got him to go with me. I said, I said, uh, Jonathan, can you go with me? He said, I'd, I'd be glad to. And we went over there, and we sat, and we talked with Brother Denver, and he was down. He said he was just so young. I mean, 41 years old. And he went on, and, and he, was, I mean, he was just broken. And then after we'd been there about 15, 20 minutes, he looked up at me. He said, Brother Scott, I need to look at the right side of this thing. He said, God gave me 41 years with my son. He said, I just I'll be thankful for those 41 years. You know what? That's a hard, hard thing to say when they hadn't even came and toted him to the funeral home yet. He said, but I'm thankful for 41 years with my son. So no matter what tomorrow holds, let's remember to praise the Lord. Amen? If you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter number 16. 1 Samuel chapter number 16. How many of you are thankful to be in God's house this morning? Brother Buchanan has done a great job all day long. He sure has. He's a little bit beating himself up, but that's okay because sometimes preachers do that. We, uh, we, something don't go exactly like we think we should, and it just we beat ourselves up over it. But you've done a great job, and I appreciate Brother Buchanan and his ministry and uh, been faithful to the temple for a long time. It means a lot. Verse number 1 of 1 Samuel chapter number 16. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul? seeing I have rejected him to reign over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I, I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, and I, will have, and I will have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him who I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and, uh, which he spake, and he came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the own town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. And I, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourself, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and he called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass, when they were come, they looked at Eliab and said, Surely, the countenance, they said, Surely. The Lord's anointed, the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord had said unto Samuel, Look not at his countenance, at his countenance, or at the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not man, what man seeth. For the man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him to pass before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And Jesse made Shammai to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And again, Jesse made seven of his sons, seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. 
And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he cometh here. And he sent and he brought him in, and he was ruddy, and with all a beautiful countenance, and a goodly to look at. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and he anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Let's read verse number, or I'm sorry, chapter, Acts chapter 13, verse number 22, and we'll be seated. And when he had removed him, he raised up them, David, to be their king. The him that is talking about they removed is Saul. It says, when they removed him, he raised up them, David, to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the services, Lord, the... Lord, how you've moved and how you've met needs. Lord, I just pray that you would do that one more time for this one. God, I pray that if there's anybody in here that's lost and they don't know you, that God, today would be the day of their salvation. God, I pray that if there's anybody here that's away from you, that just feels like they need to to get that relationship fixed and come back into fellowship with you, I pray today would be the day they do that. And God, if there's somebody here that's just brokenhearted, somebody here that just needs a touch from you, God, I pray that your healing touch would be on them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. A man after God's own heart. That's what the book of Acts said about David. A young, ruddy, ruddy just means red-faced boy that looked like not much of nothing, but the book of Acts calls him a man after God's own heart. I can't think of a better title that I would like to have placed upon my name. If I was a character in the Bible, I think I'd want to be the guy that God said, he was a man after my heart. Amen? I can't think of a better title. You know, Solomon had great, great riches. More money than he could ever spend, more land than he could ever explore, and all the things that came with being the great king that he was. But the Bible doesn't say that Solomon was a man after God's own heart. The wisest man to ever live. But he wasn't the man after God's own heart. There's all kinds of kings all throughout the Bible. And the only one throughout the entire Bible that says he is a man after God's own heart is David. Little old, ruddy David. I want to be a man after God's own heart. What about you guys? Maybe not a man. (laughs) Might not want to be a man. How many of you just want to be after God's heart? You want to seek God's heart. You know what happens if we seek God's heart? You know what David was saying by being a man after God's own heart? What he was saying was this. Lord, I want to give you my heart, and you put your heart in me. You see, the word heart is found 895 times in the Bible. 895 times. But only just a handful of those times is the word heart actually being used to mean the bodily organ that pumps your blood throughout your extremities, gets oxygen going through your brain, and keeps you alive. Just a handful of times it's actually talking about that. It's not talking about your physical heart most of the time, but it's talking about your spiritual heart. Brother Scott, what do you mean? What is my spiritual heart? Your spiritual heart are the things that are inside you. That make you, you. The things that are inside you that make you who you are, that is your spiritual heart. So if you're compassionate, 
then that's one of the things that God has put in your heart, your spiritual heart. So that's your spiritual heart is your compassion or your passion or your strength or your courage, your drive, your will. Everything that's inside of you that makes you you is your heart. And David said, all these things, God, that you have placed or that all these things that are inside of me that make me me, who I am, I want to replace those things with your heart all the things that are you, all the things that make you who you are, I want those within me. And he said, I'm a man. And the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. I believe that every one of us this morning should seek after God's heart. Every one of us. There's no exemptions to this message this morning. It doesn't matter if you're lost, if you're saved, if you're backslid. Whatever your spiritual condition is this morning, you should be a person after God's own heart. It's God's will that not any should perish but that all should come to repentance and those that come to repentance live a life that is acceptable unto God which is our reasonable service because he wants our heart why does he want our heart so that he could put his heart within us so every one of us we should seek after his heart because there's so many blessings so much favor so many benefits of seeking after the heart of god and i don't think there's a better example in the bible than on the day that david was chosen king of israel and then the next chapter over when he faced goliath in the valley and i want to look at those two stories this morning and we just want to look at the characteristics of a person after god's own heart amen all right the first characteristic that i want you to see this morning is the anointing that was ordained. The anointing that was ordained. You see, you got to remember, David was the youngest of all of the kids. Saul was getting sideways. He was acting all goofy, and God told Samuel, I want you to go down to Jesse's house, and I want you to go before Jesse and tell him to bring the sons out, and the one that I tell you is going to be the king, he's the one that's going to be the king. Now, so... Saul, or, I'm sorry, Samuel says, all right, well, I'll do that, but how am I going to do it without getting killed? Because if Saul finds out I'm going down there, he's going to try to kill me. So he told him, take a heifer and go and sacrifice it and invite them all to the sacrifice. So he does just that, and he gets them all down there. Well, then he comes to Jesse and he says, hey, I've come, you know, to anoint this king. He said, I need to see your kids. How would you like to have been Jesse in that one? Wow, you're going to check out my kids, see who's being, going to be the next king. So Jesse, what does he do? Takes out Eliab, places him up. This is my boy, my oldest. He's tough. See, Jesse's oldest three sons were all warriors and were all there on the day that, that David slayed Goliath. And so they're proud of Eliab. He looks like he's supposed to be the king. He looks like the man for the job. He looks like he's the one. And he stands in before Samuel, and Samuel says, Uh-uh, that ain't him. Jesse said, Not Eliab? Well, so he goes and he gets the next one. Lines him up. Jesse said, Nope, it's not him. Goes and he gets Shema. He says, Nope, it's not him. All the way through the oldest seven boys, line them up, stood them before Samuel, and he said, Nope, it ain't none of these. And he says, Jesse, 
Now, God sent me all the way over here to pick out a king, and he told me that you had a boy that's a king. You got another boy around here somewhere? That's what he said. He said, you got another boy? Something you ain't telling me? And he said, yeah. Out there watching the sheep. It's David. He said, well, somebody's going to have to go get David because we ain't going to sit down until you bring David up here. And they go and they get David and they bring him and they put him before Samuel. And he said, that's the one. Can you imagine being David's older brother on that day? What? David? I mean, he's cute and all, but he's a runt. That's what the Bible says. It said he had a red face and that he was pretty to look at. But he is a runt. The runt of the litter. He was a chihuahua. He said, are you serious? David? This anointing that was ordained, it was an unlikely anointing. An unlikely anointing. Everybody thought it should have been Eliab. If we would have been there and we would have been in 